Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days he would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land he gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And this is the House of Ephraim show on Tuesday, November, what is today? The 28th, Tuesday, November the 28th. You know what? It was a wonderful, wonderful, I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope all of you who celebrate Thanksgiving had a wonderful holiday. And uh, I'll tell you what, it, it, you know, it's exciting. Exciting to have time with family. You know what I mean. It is exciting to have time with family, and and uh, just to be be together as family, and to take time to be grateful to the Father. Well, today is Teachers Tuesday, and uh, we have a fantastic um, <clears throat> service today. We're going to start a new series, but first. A word from our announcer. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard. I have a few announcements to make. First of all, New Moon and Hanukkah will be coming up this this month of December. Um, Hanukkah, you light the first candle on the night of the 11th. You'll light the eighth candle on the night of the 14th. New Moon will be on December the 13th is New Moon. So uh, for those of you who who uh, need that information, go to your, it should be on your calendar uh, for the 2023 calendar. And of course the 2024 calendar is out and available uh, for order. Also, I want to remind all of you about our quarterly coming up in January. That's January 12, 13, 14, and 2024. And be sure and register for that. I would suggest you get that done ASAP and, uh, so anyway, 
that is is coming up. We also have available online our fellowship uh, Friday Friday night fellowship is available, and that's through our YouTube channel, Jewish Prophet. Prophet Mark does that on Friday evening. We also have available on that that uh, YouTube our Wednesday evening service that that I do. We also have Blog Talk Radio, as you know, or you wouldn't be listening today. And that's five days a week with the late Prophet Deckard and myself. Email us at cradle at jewishprophet.com for more information. Well, as I said, we're going to start a new series. Today, we're going to do temptation. Temptation. Turn with me to Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Temptation. You see, we all must go through temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. But with that temptation... He will make a way. God will make a way for you to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, that didn't say God was going to take you out of the situation. That God didn't say, well, you're not going to, no, going to, no longer going to have temptation. No, that says God will take and make a way for you to escape that you can bear the temptation that you're going through. Say, I can handle this. I can handle this. If you can get in your own mind the fact that whatever you're going through, that you can handle it, not because of your strength, not because of you, but because of him, Because God will make a way that you can bear whatever it is that you're going through. Some of you say, yeah, but Sister Donna, you don't understand what I'm going through. No, I probably don't. And yet I might. But it doesn't matter whether I understand or not. Because this is what God's Word says. God understands. The Bible says that God knows what we're going through. He sent his son and he understands the feelings, the hurts, the emotion, the hardship. Yeshua understands what you're going through. I don't have to understand. Now, it's not that I won't try, because I will. But there's compassion within me that wants to know, wants to be, wants to, wants to help you through your temptation. But you see, God said, he would make a way that you can bear it. And if we can get that mindset, I can handle this. Because of him. You see, one of the things that the prophet had said, if we can get, if we can look at a situation and compare it to the power of God, rather than comparing it to our power. 
power of God. What did God get? And that's why we always tell you, whatever it is you're going through, find the scriptures about that situation and find the promises and begin to stand on. You can do it. You can do it. It's been done over and over and over again down through the centuries by men and women of God. Temptation serves an essential purpose in our lives. There's a purpose for you to go through what you're going through. It's essential. Some of you don't feel like it's essential. You feel like, hey, I'd rather not go through this, and I understand that. It shows us what we are and where we stand. I remember prophet ministering years ago. It changed my life. I was I was very emotional. I was an emotional purpose person. And my I would get very, very excited about things and I'd be on an emotional high. And then when when things didn't go very well, I'd get on an emotional low. And my my life was like a roller coaster. The highs were high and the lows were low. Prophet was ministering one time and he said, spiritual maturity. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Spiritual maturity. How does, what, is, what is spiritual maturity? Being scriptural. He said, when you become spiritually mature, your highs won't be so high and your lows won't be so lows, low and your life, instead of looking like a roller coaster of highs and lows and lows and highs, it'll look like more like a straight line of emotion. You won't get all bent out of shape when the temptation comes because you will know that your God is in control. And you will know how to apply faith to that situation and you will rest in faith and you won't get that spiritual low where you're all bummed out. Changed my life. I was like, oh, oh. So temptation shows us where we are and where we stand. See, James said that there's no temptation taking you. It's the lust of your flesh that brings you into that temptation. So temptation shows you where the lust of your flesh is. Ouch. It plays an important role in what we will be in the future. You see, God knows what you're going to have to endure. You see, God knew that he had to grow me up. He had to strengthen me spiritually. Or I could never be in charge of Cradle of Hope. 
20-year-old me couldn't have handled what I have to do today. Couldn't have handled it. I would have, I would have became an emotional basket case at that time because I wasn't spiritually mature. But I had to go through some temptations. I had to endure them. I had to learn that God would make a way to escape that I could bear it. Have you ever have you ever confessed and said, Well, I just can't handle this? I just can't handle this. I have. God, I can't handle this. This is too hard. And he had to grow me up to the point where I wasn't saying, I can't handle it. I can't go through this, God. It's too hard. He had to grow me up spiritually, make me strong. Number four, everyone goes through temptation. Everyone does. And number five, the function of temptation is always to trigger a choice and provoke a definite action. Temptation will provoke a choice or an action. So you have a choice when you're faced with temptation. You can either throw your hands up, go on a spiritual low, get down in the polywogs, be depressed, and oh, feel sorry for me because I'm the only one going through this, and it's so hard. Remember when I got married to Prophet? He looked at me and he said, you understand that nobody really cares what you're going through. And I'm like, what? What do you mean they don't really care? He said, they don't really care. He said, they really don't care what you're going through. I said, people really don't care? He's like, nope, they really don't care. He said, have you ever had somebody ask you how's your day? And you start telling them how horrible your day is and and they walk away or they, they quit listening to you? He said, they really didn't care how you were. They really didn't care. It was just a formality. How are you today? And they expect you to say, oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I remember years ago I decided that when people asked me how I was doing, I didn't care how I was doing. I was going to tell them I was doing great, wonderful, or fantastic, or something like that. And I was going to speak faith. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic today. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times they would stop and look at me and go, well, that's, that's good. Because they weren't used to hearing that kind of response. I'm doing fine. Well, it's not a good day today. Speak faith. I'm doing great. Doing wonderful. They don't want to hear your laundry list of problems, aches and pains and situations. They don't want to hear it. The function of temptation 
is to trigger a choice and provoke a definite action. God wants to God wants to trigger a choice in you. And you have the choice with every temptation. You have the choice. You. You can choose life or death. You can choose to believe God or to believe the aches and pains. It's your choice. That's what temptation is about. For you to choose. Trigger an action. A choice. If your choice is right, you're blessed. If your choice is wrong, you're burned. What choice have you made with the last temptation you've gone through? Your choice demonstrates whether the lesson is learned or whether it has to be repeated. <laughs> God has a way, doesn't he? Your choice is whether your lesson is learned or if it has to be repeated. To blame my wrongdoing on temptation, I love this illustration Prophet gave it, is like saying I wouldn't have gotten a ticket if that light hadn't turned red. Well, I wouldn't have acted that way if I hadn't have been under temptation, God. No, you were under under temptation because you act that way. God wanted to see that you act that way. He wanted you to realize that that needs to change in your life. That, That reaction needs to change. And you'll go through that temptation over and over and over and over and over and over. And some of you have gone through that temptation over again so much that you don't even recognize it as a temptation anymore. You just think that's the way you are. God says, no. No, you're an overcomer. Say, I am an overcomer. I can overcome temptation every time. But it's going to depend on your choice. Your choice. The Greek word for temptation means that which puts us to the proof. Whether by good or malicious design. Temptation will put you to the proof. Temptation will prove whether you've learned the lesson or not or whether you're going to have to learn it again. Temptation is designed to bring out what is really in our heart. What is really in your heart. Temptation in itself is not good or evil. It simply puts to the proof or to the test This reveals what we really are. We have to have the capacity to receive what God has promised. We have to have the capacity to receive 
what God promised. Some of us don't have the capacity to receive what he promised. Why? Because we'd rather have a pity party. We'd rather complain. I remember a kid's show that Kayleen watched when she was little. And the the whole episode was about complaining. And I remember within the show they started they started chanting, You complain too much, you complain too much, you complain too much. You complain too much. You complain too much. You complain too much. As a little kid, Kayleen started started chanting that. She'd run around the house and she'd go, You complain too much. You complain too much. You complain too much. But you see, as she grew older, and she'd watch that episode over and over again, Kayleen learned a mighty lesson not to complain. So much so that when Prophet and I got married, and he's been around her on a daily basis, he looked at me one day after we'd been married for several years, and he'd say, Kayleen never complained. And he said, you know, if that girl ever complains, he said, I'm going to throw a party. And you know what? He never threw that party. Because Kayleen learned not to complain. It didn't matter what was going on. The basement flooded, destroyed all of her, 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 her bed and her clothes and anything that was on the floor got destroyed. We had to throw it away. Did Kayleen complain? No, she didn't complain. No, not Kayleen. But she learned not to complain too much. You complain too much. You complain too much. You have to have the capacity to receive what God has promised. And complaining, complaining won't bring it, will it? Temptation is designed to prepare us to receive the promises. What? Wait a minute. Whoa. Temptation is designed to prepare us to receive God's promise? It is. So you're going through this temptation that that spurs you to search in his word for the scriptures that apply to that temptation. That spurs you to make a choice to either believe God's word or to submit to the temptation and complain. Wow, 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 wow. The prophet would say your diaper's showing. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
with God. Nothing shall be impossible. We close out every service here on the blog and on the YouTube. I close it out with remember, with God, all things are possible. We have that on every audio CD. We have Prophet had it on every cassette tape since the very beginning of him having that. Why? Because he wanted everyone to remember that with God, all things are possible. God is a God of possibilities. He's not a God of impossible. He's a God of possibilities. We have to learn that God is on our side. But there are stipulations. Most people think promises do not have to be learned or worked for or that you have to deserve it. Turn with me to Luke 6, chapter 6. And you're going to see that God demands. He demands that you have to work for the promise. Book 6, verse 3. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee. Now he's talking about doing the covenant. Hear, O Israel, and observe to do it. You are going to have to keep the covenant. It's not the big sugar daddy in the sky. He expects obedience. It will be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily. How many of you would like to increase mightily? As the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee, in the land that flows with milk and honey. So see, the promises have to be worked for, learned. Deserved. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words that I command thee this day shall be in your heart. See the importance of getting the word of God into your heart? It's not about memorizing. It's about it getting into your heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. God wants 100% of you. That's what he wants. Thou shalt teach them diligently and to thy children shall talk with them when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walk by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. So all day long, all day long, no matter what you're doing, you're going to talk about the Lord. You're going to talk about his covenant. 
Thou wilt bind them, them for a sign upon thy hand. Thou shalt be for frontlets between thy eyes. Thou shalt write them on the posts of thy house and upon thy gates. And he's talking about the mezuzahs on our doors. Verse 8 is talking about the tefillin. We have the haft with, with the, the little chip of the scripture that you can put inside our hat. We have the armbands that you can put the chip in there. That's what the men wear when they're praying. Thou shall be, it shall be when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land which he sware unto the fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. God said, I have a place for you. But they had to do something. They had to have faith in God. And see, the first time they came up to there, they didn't. How many of you have come up to temptation the first time and you didn't have faith for it? And guess what? You got to walk around in the wilderness of that temptation until you had faith for it. And so did they. House is full of all goods which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou planted not. And when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, here's a warning, lest thou forget the Lord. How many of you have gotten believed God, gotten promises? Fulfilled. Maybe that promise, maybe that what you was believing God was that good job. That good job that you could make ends meet better. And you were so excited you got that good job. Hallelujah. Praise God. God got me a good job. Beware. Lest you forget the Lord. Is that good job causing you not to pray? Is that good job causing you not to attend fellowship? Is that good job causing you not to come to quarterly? Beware lest thou fear. Forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Thou shalt not go after other gods. Anything that you put before the Lord, you've made it a God. It can be family. It can be a job. It can be a hobby. I shall have no other gods. Of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Let the anger of the Lord be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Wonder how many people have been destroyed off the face of the earth because they forgot the Lord thy God. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Masha. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies, his statutes that he has commanded thee. To be diligent about keeping them. Are you diligent? 
You know, when you become diligent about God, it becomes a habit. And you become diligent. You know, prayer time is so important. And it's so easy. It's so easy to just say, well, I'll do that later. And the next thing you know, later never came. And you crawl in bed and you haven't prayed. And then you do it the next day and the next day. God said, I want you to be diligent. That means you're supposed to be dependable. That's supposed to be the, and and prophet used to say, you know what? You should set a time to pray. You should set a time to pray. Now, my time to pray is not a certain physical hour. My time to pray. I had to do that when when my children were were in school. We started school at eight o'clock in the morning. That meant I had to get up at 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 five or six in the morning and pray. And then once I got done praying, I had to get the kids up, get them fed, dressed, and ready for school. But I don't have that anymore. So now my time to pray, well, it's when I wake up in the morning. First thing. First thing. Pray and start my day out. Pray and start my day out. That's my time to pray. God said, I want you to be diligent. I want you to be diligent to keep the commandments of the Lord and his testimony, his statutes that he has commanded thee. Verse 18, thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee. How many of you want it to be well with you? I want it to be well with me. Well, he said to do that, you have to do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Not not what your neighbor thinks is right and good. Not what you think is right and good. What God says is right and good. He said, It'll be well with thee, and thou shalt go in and possess the good land which the Lord swear to thy fathers, to cast out all thy enemies before thee as the Lord has spoken. We have to do certain things to receive the promises of God. Isaiah one Isaiah one nineteen. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you be willing and obedient, you know there were times. When I'd look at the children and I'd say, okay, I need you to do your chores or I need you to clean your room. And I always knew when they were willing. They'd stop whatever they were doing and they'd say, okay, mom. They were willing. But sometimes... Sometimes I got, oh, do I have to? Yes, you have to. But 
but mom, just five more minutes. No, I need it done now. They would be obedient if they didn't do it willingly. We're that way with God. We're that, and He knows. He knows our heart. He knows our attitude. Remember the first time I heard prophets say, an offering was being taken. And he said, if your heart isn't into this, he said, keep your money. Go down to the local, (coughs) excuse me, restaurant, buy you a hamburger and get something for your five bucks. Never heard a preacher say that before. (coughs) Excuse me. You see, God looks at our heart, and you throw that money in the offering place begrudgingly. Well, I have to do this for the offering place coming past me, and i got to put something in, or everybody's going to whisper about me. Again, nobody really cares. God says, you, you give. You give your tithe willingly and obediently. You've got to have both. You've got to be willing and obedient to eat the good of the land. That's where many of you, many of you go, well, Sister Donna, I've been keeping Sabbath now for X amount of time, but it ain't working for me. I don't see no difference. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? See, if you're not keeping Sabbath willingly, You're not going to eat the good of the land. They owe me. Salvation is the only thing we have that's free. But you know what? It's not free to just everybody. You have to believe it. You have to believe it to have it. Turn with me to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want you to notice that says the world. It doesn't say just the Jews. It doesn't say just the Christians. It doesn't just say just this nationality or that. It says the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever... You are a whosoever. Believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, even salvation, you have to do something. You have to believe. You have to believe. John 15, 5 through 7. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I am him, the same brings forth much fruit. This only happens when we meet the conditions. We got to abide in him, and he abide in us. How does that happen? Through the word. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and withered. And men gather and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. Something's been burned. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done unto you. That's what we're all striving for, isn't it? But we have to meet the condition. We have to abide in him. We have to keep the commandments. Yeshua said, if you love me, you'll keep my words. You'll keep the commandments. You'll tithe. You'll keep Shabbat. You'll keep Passover. You'll keep Sukkot. You'll give alms and offerings. You'll take time to pray and fast and study. Grow up! Quit complaining. You complain too much. You complain too much. You complain too much. You have to meet the conditions. And if you do, you can ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. John 6. Chapter 26, verse 28, 29. We have to stop trying to do it ourselves. And we got to let him work through us. We have to stop trying to do it ourselves and let him work through us. Then said they to him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Yeshua answered and said, this is the work of God that you believe on him he has sent. We are going to have to believe on Yeshua. We're going to have to believe. Jesus. You have to believe. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Belief. 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 What do you believe? Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. 1 through 11. Hebrews 4. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left of us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. The promise, any promise of us coming into his rest. Do you understand that when you, when you don't understand about healing, when you haven't when you haven't got to the point that you rest in that promise, you can't rest in it. You can't rest in it. Because you don't know that you know that you know that you know. But when you know that you know that you know, it doesn't matter what temptation you're going through, you're healed. Remember one time Prophet went into to. Uh, pray for a man who was in the hospital. He was dying of of cancer, I believe. The prophet went in to pray for him. He was was a young, young preacher at the time. And he said that that man looked at him 
after he got done praying for him. And he said, let me tell you something, preacher. He said, whether I live or whether I die, I'm healed. And I know that. Whether I live or whether I die, I'm healed. Why? Because he was standing on God's word. God's word says you're healed. Oh, his body didn't look healed. The doctors didn't say he was healed. But he knew what God's word said. He said, I'm healed whether this thing kills me or not. I'm healed. Prophet said he walked out of that room a wiser person. That man had preached to him. See, if you can get to the point that you can look temptation in the eye and say, you know what, I don't care. I don't care what's going on. I remember when I when I was having an issue, a physical issue, and I'd been I'd prayed, I'd been prayed for, and and the symptoms were still there, and they wouldn't go away. And my brain was going, it's not working. This ain't working. But it was. But I was in the midst of the, I was in the middle of a temptation. And I'll never forget, one morning I got up and it was my prayer time as I normally prayed. And I remember sitting there praying. And I remember, I remember I was like, God, you know what? Your word says, because I was reading the scriptures about healing every day during my prayer time. And I said, your word says that I am healed. You know what, God? I don't care what my body says. I don't care what the doctor says. I'm healed. I'm healed. Because that's what your word says. That's what your word says. When you can get to that point, Will you cease from trying to do it yourself and you just lean on his word? Let us therefore fear lest a promise be left of us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us the gospel was preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not promise prophets them not being mixed with faith. And them that heard it. Do you understand what he's saying here? You've had it preached to you that the promises of God are for you. And many of you are looking at those promises and you're saying, I believe in God for this promise. And many of you haven't received it yet. You haven't mixed it with faith yet. You haven't quit trying to do it yourself and allowed God to be in charge. You're in the middle of the temptation. You've got to mix the promises with faith. God, your word says this. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. For we which have believed do enter into rest. 
As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. God's already done the work. It's done. All that's left is you believing. And you see, when you start believing God, for every temptation you're walking through and you're believing God, your life will quit being that roller coaster up and down, up and down. And you will still go through the temptations, but it'll be a straight line. Your emotions will stay straight because you'll know that you know that God is in control and he's made a way for you in the midst of whatever it is that you are going through. And there'll be a rest and a peace that will come. God said, I, I finished it. The work's been done since the foundation of the world. It was done before you ever were born. You just got to learn to believe and rest in it. For he spake a certain place of the seventh day as this wise, and God did rest on the seventh day from all of his works. Even God kept Sabbath. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, Saying, therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in. Why? Because of unbelief. It was a Methodist pastor's wife. And every every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, every Sunday night, we get ready to have prayer time, and 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 they, and that in the churches that we were at, they. They would always, before prayer time, they'd say, now, is there any prayer request? And the people would stand up and they'd say, oh, I need you to pray for so-and-so. If it be God's will, they're going into surgery. If it be his will, he heal them. Unbelief. God's word said they're healed. But we didn't even know God's word. If it be your will, we didn't even know his will. We didn't know. So you can't enter into rest. Because of unbelief. Again, he limited the day, saying in David, Today! Today. Today. After so long a time, as... It is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. You see, God is willing to talk to you today. God's word is available for you to read and respond to today. Today. After so long a time. What is it, that the temptation that you've been going through for so long? It just keeps happening over and over and over again. And as Prophet would say, you got the rocks named. Today! If you will hear his voice and harden not your heart. 
for Jesus. If he had given them less than would he have afterwards have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest of the people of God. For he that entereth into his rest, he has ceased from his own works. So God, as God did his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Lest any man fail, fall after the same example of unbelief. That's our job. Our job is to look at the word of God and to believe it. So we can enter into the rest in that area in our lives. We can be rested in that area. You can get to the point where you know that you know you're healed. Even though your body is creaking and aching and hurting and doing all of this. And I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I'm not saying don't take medicine. I'm saying do that and then believe God while you're doing it. See, God gave the doctors wisdom too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Sometimes the aches and pains we got because they're self-inflicted. They're self-inflicted. The way we eat, the way we sleep, the way we sit. When we move or lack of movement, that unbelief will stop you and I from entering into his rest. It'll stop us from growing up spiritually. And around the wilderness again we go. Temptation relates to the promise through the condition. When a promise is given with a condition, God is saying, I will do this if you will do that. I will do this if you will do that. I will do this. If you will do that. Temptations presents us with a choice, either to fulfill God's conditions or to ignore them. Last scripture. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart, for they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Do you err in your heart? Do you know God's ways? Are you willing and obedient? Let's pray. 
Father, I lift up to you each and every one that's been listening today. Father, you know. You know their heart. You know where they're erring at. You know the temptation, and you made a way that they could enter in and rest, Father. Father, I ask that you will reveal to them. You will show them where they fall short. You will help them that they can grow spiritually in your word. The Lord wants to heal you today. You've got something going on in your body. You put your hand there. Somebody's got something going on in your in your uh, right hip. Put your hand there. God's going to heal that. In the name of Yeshua, I speak to those lying symptoms and I command them to leave. Speak to them and Father, I speak healing in the name of Yeshua. They're healed from the top of their head to the tip of their toes. And I command, I command the healing to go. I command it. Father, I send forth your angels to cause that healing to happen. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Shalom.